Welcome to Box Cutters Episode 6 with our brand new intro. That's fantastic. So exciting. So exciting. Mm. I'm Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Hey, hey. And to my right, Mr. Brett Cropley. Evening, viewers. Uh, What a great show we have lined up tonight. I'm so pumped. I think it's our best yet. You think it's our best yet? I think so. And we haven't even bloody done it yet. (laughs) That's really saying something. As always, we've got the news. We've got I Don't Buy It. Uh, Some talk about uh, some television at the moment. A brand new segment called Crap TV. Very exciting. And, of course, the winner of our quiz from last week will be announced at the end of the show. And questions for this week's quiz. So, stay tuned for all of that. Did I mention? I don't think I did. We have an interview with Ed Phillips, <gasps> oh. host of Temptation. Excellent. The new sale of the century. Or is it just the sale of the century? No, no now it's just called Temptation. <gasps> but we find all of that out, I'm sure, from Ed Phillips. All of that coming up later on in Box Cutters. But right now, let's go to some news. All my circuits. I'm sorry, Father. But- that clearly... It's supposed to come at the end of the news, Brett. <laughs> the end. Of, see, I, I wrote it on the, on the running order. See how I end with that? I double-clicked, but the mouse was in the wrong spot. Right. I was supposed to do this. Graphic New Quit Smoking Television Commercial on New Zealand TV. This is the second time... New Zealand television has taken an ad from Australian television. Because we're so good at the shock tactic ads, New Zealand television has now taken the, uh, the, this is the amount of tar that goes onto your lung, showing a real lung and pouring the tar uh, okay. onto it. Which is quite old in the Australian context, is it not? Yes, but all of those ads, you know, as far as the world goes, mm-hmm. are quite shocking compared to what everybody else gets, which is smoking, it'll make your clothes smell. Or something like that. The other, the other ad that uh, New Zealand television took from Australia was the Drink, Drive, Bloody Idiot ad. But when I was last in New Zealand, I saw a great, a great little change on that, on that concept. And they had an ad where all these mates are in a car coming home from the footy. They're all wearing, wearing footy scarves and what have you. Greg's driving. He goes through the stop sign. I know. No, Greg, stop son. Uh, and they're all, yay, hurrah, oh, we won. And they're all singing along, and it's mm-hmm. all great, and it's all great. Mm-hmm. And, oh, mate, 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 booze bus, booze bus, mate, booze bus. And they, uh, and they pull over, and... Is uh, it a booze bus? It's a booze bus. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know... Chipper. Can you blow, blow, blow into this, thanks, driver? And Greg blows into it. Mm-hmm. Have you been drinking tonight? No, I haven't. The officer looks at the uh, looks at the, the the breathalyzer. Thank you, driver. You can drive on. And then out comes: if you drink and drive, you're a bloody good mate. Oh, wow! Sorry, no. If you don't drink and drive, <laughs> shit, I got that wrong. Can we start the whole show again? If you don't drink and drive, you're a bloody good mate. Ah, See, little, I was wondering. Little... I was wondering why you're both going. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> a, a little twist there. On yeah, a, li- a little yeah. twist. So, New Zealand Television have taken the uh, the anti-smoking quit campaign, and uh, and taken it as their own as well, which I think is uh, a 
great bit of news for uh, Australian advertising. I both, think. Um, both very successful campaigns. Yes. Um, yeah, both for uh, to stop people drink driving and to stop people smoking. I think they've both been very effective. I think as far as uh, Australian shock uh, to television advertising goes, we've we've all been pretty much inured from being too upset by it from way back with the uh, the AIDS awareness commercials and death bowling for the uh, yes, families. By Simon. Simon did Was that it? ad. Yes. Uh, yes, and that, w- that was a long time ago, and that was kind of the, the first shock tactic ad. And yeah. if you have a look at the advertising they have in the United States, it's just terrible as far as getting people to stop doing stuff. They're not very good at it at all. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. Yeah, which is, you know what? You try saying that when you're drunk. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, forget it. Let's have a few beers. Yeah. <laughs> well, is is there any kind of advertising taken out by MAD, Mothers Against Drink Driving? I, I would imagine a, a, an activist kind of group like that would would actually be more cutting edge than any of their government-sponsored... But in, in the States, you still have to go by what the FCC will let you show. And they don't let you show much. Mm. They don't let you show much at all. I mean, unless it's on HBO. Or... Yes, I'd like to see the ads on HBO. I think they don't have ads. Oh. <laughs> what? That's the whole point of they HBO. They don't have ads. It's subscriber-based television. Well, what's cable over here? Yeah, <laughs> cable over here is is subscriber-based multiple channels. HBO, you have to actually pay for separately. Okay. So, by having hit shows like Sex in the City, Sopranos, uh, they uh, Deadwood as Oz. well, Oz, they build up their audience mm-hmm. and then more people want HBO in their homes, pay for it, and that way HBO has more money to produce more shows. You see how that works? So, you mean there's, there's a television subscription service in the world where you just pay for the channel that you want? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. How do they do that? I don't know. See, MTV in the States has ads. Because that's on the generic cable mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. But then bits like HBO, no ads. All paid for by the subscriber. Isn't that amazing? Look at what a it little is. competition can do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Speaking of competition, the uh, growth of reality television continues to hit US actors. And SAG, the American Screen Actors Guild, has uh, found that... Uh, in 2004, 34,431 SAG actors found employment on television, representing a decrease of 10% compared to 2003. So we're all saying well, reality television's going to go, reality te- television's going to go. Well, SAG clearly aren't seeing that in the States. But are people watching more reality television? I mean, on this show, we're, uh, we're talking about at least two or three. Well, no, sorry, Brett, at least two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know where you are. At least two reality television shows this week. I mean, there are still a lot on television. It's it's such a broad genre, though, these days. I mean, we've discussed before, you know, you hate the term reality television. I really do. I mean, I stay you've up got all the night. Survivor game show up one end and uh, RPA, which I think returned to our screens uh, last week and rated its socks off, which is just people getting cut up in surgery. And I don't under, I don't understand the appeal of that at all. See, and well, In I, fact, I'm not sure that you can call that reality TV. It's more documentary. Well, that's what reality TV is. Uh, Survivor is an extreme game show. RPA is documentary. Which one of those is reality TV? Survivor. Really? Yeah. And so then where does Temptation fall in? 
<laughs> quiz. <laughs> but you, you but would, it's, sorry, I didn't buzz in. <laughs> <laughs> you would have said that um, Sylvania Waters would. I, I mean, I'd agree that's documentary, but that's considered kind of the, uh, the genesis of reality yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah, very much good so. Point. Anyway, it's a problem. I think we've all admitted it's a problem, and admitting it is the first step. I have to say, though, um, a SAG is hardly an inspiring name. <laughs> no, it's, it's <laughs> terrible, isn't it? Better than the Film Actors Guild. <laughs> well, yeah, that's... Yeah, I'm leaving that do, one do you alone. Think were, do you think they were sitting there going, SAG or FAG? <laughs> Which one should we have? <laughs> of course, that's the uh, Team America organisation. Is, oh, is it? Yes. Ah, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this from the Adelaide Advertiser this week. AFL may move to free, sorry, from free to pay TV. And uh, they're talking about the Adelaide Crows about to sign a contract with the Fox Footy Channel to have exclusive rights over their home games. Oh, really? Which I think is really interesting news. Are they beamed in live to Adelaide usually, their home games? Uh, I don't know. I guess they're right. Audiences aren't going to go down. No, well, <laughs> no. The, uh, the the thing about the thing about this, and you know, it's, there have been a lot of letters to you know various guides yep. throughout the years about how terrible it is that uh, that sport is no longer on free to air TV. I think the FA Cup is now. Exclusively yep. on cable. The whole English. Really? The whole English. The SBS let that one get away. The whole, well, money. And, and money. Weren't, there, weren't there guarantees about... No, but only for Australian sport, I think. You, um, siphoning, the siphoning laws that Johnny Howard bought in were only so that, you know, uh, somebody would be forced to watch the Ashes. He doesn't care about the uh, English Premier League. But even then, there's, there's not necessarily... I mean, we have test matches from South Africa that are only... Only aired on Foxtel. That's true. That's true. But that's because um, legally, the uh, I'm no expert on this, but I think legally the uh, free-to-air channels have the right to show it, which is what happened with SBS. Um, but whether they choose to or not is the next. Right. And apparently, um, I read maybe in last week's Green Guide, I think their SBS is p- thinking of picking up the slack. They were so happy with all the Ashes coverage that mm-hmm. they're picking up the slack with all... Uh, non-televised tests in the future. Which would be great. Mm. Which would be great. I mean, I I love the Fox coverage of the cricket. I think they do some very good work with the cricket. I haven't seen what they do with the soccer. I'm not a big soccer fan. Or football, as it's called now. So they're only talking about test cricket. Uh, have Channel 9 still got kind of a lock on, on one day? As in- this is only... Um, I think Channel 9 have first right bids for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is only... Uh, but they're only really interested in showing the ones in Australia. Uh, everything else interrupts their schedule too much, I think. Yeah, because, you know, otherwise, if they had to show cricket in the middle of the night, they couldn't show Letterman at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> or those Danos Direct ads. <laughs> Bill Sanders, who's the uh, Adelaide chairman, the Adelaide Crows chairman, uh, said, uh, it is now an, an inevitable fact of life that very soon we're going to have to pay to watch Crows games on television. We have to be realistic. The AFL is asking for a considerable increase in the rights the telecasters will ask for something in return. Our compromise is to offer Foxtel exclusive rights to some of our home games. So that that really discounts the, the siphoning so, laws completely because that's local content that will only be aired on, on Foxtel. And that's so if true. they're talking about exclusive rights to some of their home games, that means that, that the exclusivity isn't actually talking about every 
single game. So does that mean that the new services aren't actually going to have access to the footage on free-to-air? Oh. oh, well, they, they will have access to the footage because there is a, a sharing... The and- <laughs> there's a sharing agreement. I mean, that's one of the reasons that the, uh, that the watermarks have come in, to allow for that sharing agreement without the responsibility being on the uh, channel rebroadcasting that footage, saying courtesy of mm-hmm. Fox Footy or courtesy of Channel 9. So that's, that's one of the reasons that happens. And there is a basic sharing agreement for anything to do with news. That's, that's totally understandable. And I think the day that that ends is probably the day that uh, media cross-ownership laws are gone. Um, I think the whole uh, the, the next time the TV rights for the football come up will be very interesting. I think everybody's kind of uh, looking at the sideshow and not actually looking at kind of what the main act is going to be. Everyone's going to kind of, is kind of looking at, oh, is it going to be 7 and 10 or is it going to be Channel 9 or whatever? Uh, and I think uh, I've had some pretty nasty stuff that's going to happen. Um, for example, at the moment, the networks are obliged to show what they consider the five best games of the round and the um, pay TV gets kind of the dregs. Um, but I hear that that's uh, pay TV want to up that to four. So it's an even they get four games and free to air gets four. And I believe they want the pick of the four best games as well. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens when the rights come up. And if they're willing to pay for it, then why not? Stumped you! Yes! Well, I, I, I think you've got to think about uh, your audience that you're asking the question to, Josh. Uh, none of us are particularly sports nuts, uh, oh, and, no, and especially I'm... on the tally. Um, I think that if you got a crowd of beer-swilling yobs and put the same question, you would, you'd be... Yeah, deluged I'm, with, well, with I'm, answers I'm, and I'm, outrage. I, I love the footy, I've got to say. And I love watching it on TV. And so... Um, yeah, and I, I, I would be, you know, I think that'd be outrageous. It's just more, you know, the rich get everything and the poor get screwed again. I think it's just the way that, without wanting to get too political, I think it's the way Howard's leading the country. Why shouldn't it happen in TV when it's happening everywhere else? Uh, no, but it shouldn't happen anywhere Screw else. Screw not getting too political. <laughs> Screw it. And we'll Let's start with TV. <laughs> Socialism versus capitalism. <laughs> I want to hear what the listener has to think. <laughs> Email socialism versus capitalism to hooray at boxcutters.net. Ross, you had uh, you had a little bit of housekeeping. Oh, no, I had... Um, oh, I just wanted to say first, so I've got some really exciting news. Apparently, on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire this week, it's eventually gone... Ah, oh, who cares? Yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Wrap it up and mail it to me five years ago. Yeah, and um, one of the biggest spoilers of the week, uh, if you read Ross Warnicke's uh, article in the Green Guide today, it really just means that Eddie Maguire can sleep peacefully again. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, not, and, and not I, unless not unless you keep sending him those threatening letters. <laughs> it's not me, I promise. <laughs> and I thought he was going to actually go as far as to uh, repeat the fi- uh, final question. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he was going to as well. I mean, mm. but what does it matter? We know the guy's won. Yep. Who gives a shit after that? Really, I, I reckon Ross Aronecki has just ruined Channel 9's ratings for Monday night. Let's see how that goes. Uh, Ross, housekeeping. I did. want to have the intro first. Previously on All My Circuits. I'm sorry, Father, but somewhere along the way, I forgot how to be your son. Why, Antonio? Because I have amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> But 
I thought you were... Egyptian? <laughs> Before I kill you, I must ask you one question. Who am I? For I have amnesia. <laughs> Let me get this straight. Does anyone here not have amnesia? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, a little bit of housekeeping from last week. Um, Brett, I believe you asked last week how a character can come back from the dead in one of these soap operas. Mm-hmm. Um, the character we were talking about, I believe her name was Taylor, and mm-hmm. she was from The Bold and the Beautiful. Uh, first time she died, she died in a plane crash. Um, but she wasn't actually dead, and she was rescued from, by a prince from a far, far away land. And... Um, he got I mean, her. T- talk about reality television. Exactly. He he got her to join his harem of beauties, uh, where she lived happily with amnesia as a sex slave. I assume so. And then Thorn or Ridge or Stick or one of these wonderfully ecologically named characters, Jake Hunks, came in and found her and rescued her. Uh, when he was doing business with the aforementioned prince. Stumpy. Um, <laughs> so he recognised her and saved her. Now, the second time, she was actually shot, but the doctor who pronounced her dead in the hospital mm-hmm. was working in cahoots with the aforementioned prince. Who Who's had amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> who stole her back again for his harem. So there you go. That's how a character can come back from the dead in one of these sort of shows. Ah. So if she wasn't such a good route, then she would have all been fine. <laughs> so, so hang on. Did he organise the shooting so that she could be kidnapped? No, I believe that was just uh, coincidentally scripted in several months later so, after she'd been shot and pronounced dead. Oh, right. I think it was when she came back in. But how are you still alive? Oh, well, the doctor was in cahoots with the... Dinner. Yeah, that sort of thing. So there you go. Excellent. And uh, that's the news for Box Cutters Episode 6. We'll be back, possibly, with Mr. Ed Phillips. Box Cutters. And now on Box Cutters, the man who took over from the man who took over from the man who had all the answers, Mr. Ed Phillips. How are you? Such a third also rant. Boxing? Very good, Ed. <laughs> Very Darwinian of me to survive so far, isn't it? Well, I, you know, I think it's great that you're coming up to your uh, your 100th episode. I know what a milestone. Oh, it's because we worked it out in the studio, and that's that's 20 weeks. Uh, is that right? Brilliant, brilliant. And we even lost a couple of days because of the cricket. So, uh, yes, we've hung in there. Sales of the century only went for 21 and a bit years. So we're right on a teal. Yeah, that's, that's working really, really, really nicely. And, you know, quite frankly, you've survived a lot longer than a lot of other Australian shows that have started recently. Well, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've done a show. My record is I did 140 episodes of a show about eight years ago called Battle of the Sexes. So my my great dream is to beat the 140 mark. That's my personal milestone. I think you're on pretty safe ground there. I think you should beat it. (laughs) How many many times did you uh, present on the Weather Channel? Oh, well, you wouldn't kind of count that as a show, but that was a year virtually to the day. um, Yeah, you don't kind of count that. that These were sort of episodes of shows. I did 50 of some other talent show. So some some dodgy television, but... um, We'll finish the year with 128 episodes, I think, by my calculations, which leaves me 13 short. That's an omen. Uh, well, no, you know what? It's, it's been fairly successful from what I've been able to see, Ed, so uh, I, I reckon you'll come back. 
I'm going to hang in there, but I just won't count the uh, chicken till we get to 141. <laughs> then I'm calling you again. All right. All right. We'll, we'll speak to you at 141. I'm writing that down and we'll right. definitely have it. Right. It's going to be sometime in, in March. <laughs> now, let's, let's talk about, you know, being on Temptation, the new sale of the century. Firstly, when is that part of the title going to drop? gone, boys. Oh, has it? It has. It's already gone. Personally, I stuck with it for about the first four nights, and I got so bored. (laughs) So I just, here's Temptation, here we go. And I think they put it on a few graphics for the next couple of weeks, and we've just sort of shifted it off into the garbage. Oh, nice. See, so so smoothly that I didn't even notice. Seamless, wasn't it? More of a scalpel than a cutter. (laughs) (laughs) This is a... uh, this is a job that you've got after a lot of people auditioned for it, and in the time since Sailor Century finished, a lot of other game shows tried to come up and, and just couldn't. What was that pressure like? Well, it was actually easy. There's a lot to be said for hiring a private eye and getting some black and whites of your bosses with donkeys. <laughs> so, paid off handsomely, you know. <laughs> um, not, not so much pressure. I think... I think you probably get pressure if you're starting a brand new show and there's some new format and people are trying to work out what on earth the game is. Like, like for example, Deal or No Deal. I still don't understand that. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone understands Deal or No Deal. Essentially, you, someone has a briefcase and, yeah. and then, uh, you know, well, and the, he crosses his arms. I think that's it. That's the whole... Suitcases, there's chicks with black funny hair and blue dresses and people yelling out stuff and I just don't get it. So I, I would have been more nervous had it been a brand new game you were trying to break in but because it had been around you know, lots of us had kind of grown up with it or always had it in the background while they were making dinner for 21 years mm. I was kind of quietly confident and, and all we did was really kind of freshen it up a bit and just have everything crossed that people wouldn't, wouldn't hate us unless the Tony Barber was coming back. Well, see, they, they can always just uh, flick over to TV1 and see him doing the uh, 7.30 quiz. True, with Elise Platt. Yes. Excellent. I've got a question for you, Ed. Um, I'm friends with uh, Rob O'Neill, who won the big showcase a few weeks back. Fantastic. And, um, but uh, the question I had was he had uh, two male contestants up against him on the night that he was uh, going for the lot. And um, the contestants weren't led down by uh, any models. Is that because you've only got one lady model in the crew? Uh, yes, that's true. Jeez, that's a bizarre off-tap question. <laughs> but yeah, he'd gone through, I think, because we record five shows in a day, and I think he'd exhausted, um, you know, gone through all the contestants. Rightio. All, he'd, he'd taken on all comers. And, uh, yeah, so one guy had to bring out one of the guys, which is very uh, out, of, out of sync, isn't it? I thought you were going to say he'd ex- exhausted all the models taking that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had his lovely fiancé with him, so there was none of that going on. But uh, how can he be a grand champion at 30? You're not meant to know that much stuff. It's ridiculous. I know, it was. It was insane. Well, you know... He does play hockey, so that counts against him. <laughs> a lot of us around that age, Ed, really have had nothing else to do except for watch Sale of the Century growing up. Amazing. He was a pretty cool customer. I think he's a criminal lawyer, isn't he? From yes, Paris. yes, he and, is. Yep. Uh, so, uh, you know, really good mind. And I think on one of the first nights, um, he got to nearly the $100,000 mark, but mispronounced something. Yeah, yeah, that's so right. Slightly. And that was a classic case of he just wouldn't get rattled by anything. 
Yep. Um, and he just said, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That, that was actually uh, very controversial in our household because my fiance's mother actually taught him music. <laughs> and they were furious that he'd missed that question, of all the questions to miss. Fantastic, great story. <laughs> you cost him a hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> See, whereas Ed, uh, I, I'm friends with Sharon, who was the uh, the first person to get through those ten questions. Oh, that's unbelievable! You guys have got the inside running on everything. <laughs> Basically, we just make sure that we know everybody who's going to be on your show. <laughs> Have any of you dated Stephen Hall? He was the grand champion. No, but but a couple of us in the studio do know him as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is bizarre. All right, I'll have to veto all the uh, future contestants with the box cutters. Speaking of uh, speaking of dating, though, working with Lavinia Nixon. Yes. Uh, Shabby link that is. <laughs> thanks, thanks. I'm just going to leave that there and uh, and leave the rest up to uh, up to the listeners' imagination. Okay. Uh, with the. Uh, with Lavinia, I mean, she does work so hard. Does she get to Does she get to the temptation set and just go? You know what? I'm over it. She does have a big day sometimes, and uh, she's all, she has to race up. What we try and do is start recording by um, sort of ten thirty ish in the mornings, and barrel through our five episodes. And we've kind of got to lose her by about five thirty, so she can go and do the weather for Channel Nine in uh, Victoria, and um, and you know get the new head. Um, uh, new frock, so she's a bit, she's a bit uh, exhausted by the time things so come if, out. So if you don't finish, you just have no gift shop for that episode? Pretty much, we just tried <laughs> to um, a cardboard cutout. In fact, we've only been up here once and we had to lose her and uh, all come back and twiddle our thumbs at the 7 o'clock when she'd finished and go again. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's very annoying. So uh, we've started earlier ever since. The magic of television shattered right here tonight. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And... Uh, Another thing, something that I just wanted to, to say to you, one of the things I love about you as the host of Temptation is the eagerness that you show for asking eagerness. every single question. You've got, you've got the card in one hand and you're leaned over like you're really excited about asking the next question. Oh, the joy I get from posing each uh, further <laughs> question, it's immeasurable. I should, what I should do is put like a little heart rate monitor on and uh, send you that info of how it goes. Uh, fast money, do I blip up to 160-odd feet per minute? <laughs> That'd be a good study, wouldn't it, boys? Um, what, what are some of the other things you like about me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we all agreed before the show that you're quite handsome right. and, uh, and, and you've got very good intonation. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, thank you so much for joining us on, on Box Cutters. It's a pleasure, and look, here's to many more milestones for not only you, but also me. Wonderful, and uh, we'll speak to you at uh, 141. 141, we'll be calling you about the same time? Uh, yes, around the same time. Sounds good. So, uh, so after show 141. Thanks, thanks very much for that, Ed. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Are you one of those that follows the ads? Follows, 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 follows the ads. 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 Buy it. We're talking ads on box cutters, Ross. Well, I you've think got a bone to pick. I do. I think uh, this week we could really only be talking about one lot of ads, and that's the ads that seem to be playing every friggin' Effect. commercial break. And I'm not sure that we can actually call them ads, can we? 
I don't think so. Well, this is what the uh, this is what the segment is about. We're, we're talking about the industrial relations <laughs> oh, well, we've got reform. Nothing. We've got nothing. Nothing? Yeah. This, this segment's about propaganda. Well, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I don't buy that either. <laughs> I so don't buy yeah, it. Certainly do not buy it. Industrial relations, workplace reform, advertising by the government on television. They've taken out about $12 million worth of advertising. I've heard $20 million for the I, campaign. I would say... The government won't actually reveal how much they've spent on I it. would say they're both conservative. This ad has just been on. I, the first time it came on, so I, I, you know, I quietened the room. I wanted to have a listen to what they what they said. And later that night, I was going insane because they'd played it about eight thousand times. Um, I think it was lead ad break Sunday night. All uh, all of the three major uh, commercial networks, every single ad break. It's a rate of about forty grand a pop. Yep. Well, yeah, because they're ninety second ads as well. So yep. take us. Take us through the ad, Ross. What what happens in this ninety seconds? What does the government have to tell us? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I I really do not. I I mean, I have. It's uh, supposedly about industrial relations reform. Uh, it's it's kind of this faux handheld kind of <coughs> crap with uh, you know with uh, Dolly kind of inspired uh, movement of the camera. Um, you know, it's meant to be. It's meant to kind of look handheld, but it looks like yeah, it looks like somebody on a very expensive piece of machinery trying to fake handheld. There's lots of uh, people having wacky fun. Lots at of their factory work. floors with workers lots laughing factory, away. And... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's and there's a few facts and figures, but I I tend to turn off. I mean, you might be able to guys might be able to get me the exact ones, but the, the first one says, do you know, we've got like over fifty different pieces of industrial relations law, and I'm thinking. Who would figure? Because there are probably more than 50 different types of jobs out there. <laughs> and, and you do need a, a different one for, for each kind of job. Or, according to the government, you don't. You just need one that makes it as open as possible for the, according to them, the employee and the employer to both get what they want. Now, that, on the basis of it, sounds great. That sounds great. But it's... Dodgy, dodgy, dodgy wording. There are things like, you know, and, and they, they use phrases like, isn't that just a fairer system when they're talking about getting all the separate state industrial relations uh, legislation and moving them into one federal legislation? And yeah, you know what? It's kind of a fairer system if you think of everything on a federal level and only think of thing, things on a federal level. But the whole concept of federation, which has worked really nicely for this country for the last 104, almost 105 years, is that the states have control of certain aspects of Mm -hmm. the law Mm -hmm. and that there can be competition between the states Mm. so that, oh, well, I work in, uh, in mining and I know that I'm going to get a better deal mining in Queensland than I am in Victoria, so I'll go to Queensland to live and work because that's what I do for a living. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. Whereas, oh, well, I'm going to get screwed in Queensland just as I'm getting screwed in Victoria. Well, what difference does that make? But you've already raised more points than the entire section of ads raise. I mean, there's no information at all in these ads. It's just, isn't that a fairer system? 
won't you be better off? There's no information. They're not saying why you'll be better off. I mean, it reminds me, uh, I know I tend to bring everything back to Simpsons, but it reminds me <laughs> of that, uh, the Simpsons episode where the phone company makes the film and they've got the, uh, the mascot saying, you know, uh, we've, uh, you know we've learnt that uh, even a monkey can learn 12 st- a string of 12 numbers. You're not stupider than a monkey, are you? <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's, it's that sort of bullshit. Like, yeah. And the, the thing that has never been answered clearly to, to my satisfaction, is why do we need these ads in the first place? Exactly. When, when Howard's saying that, that it's going to be a much fairer system for both the employers and for the workers, and, I mean, regardless of what the ACTU is, is doing with their campaign about, about trying, to, trying to inform the public about the, the potential for, for these new laws, if Johnny's actually telling the truth about, about this is going to be such a great system then do nothing, bring in the legislation, let it run, and the proof's in the pudding. If it's so fucking good, then we don't need to be told, and we don't need over $20 million plus of taxpayers' money wasted on it. And this is, you know, we're so far out from an election at the moment. There's not going to be a referendum on this issue because it's not a constitutional issue. It's purely a legislative issue. The states are agreeing to it, as is my understanding. And if the states are agreeing to it, then... Not, not all of them. Not all of them? Well, I'm, I'm not sure so much that they're, they're agreeing with it, but uh, they're, they're not in the main going to fight against it. Uh, I think it was Queensland that is going to fight it. Mm-hmm. Um, probably take it to the High Court and, and battle it out constitutionally. But there's nothing that the people watching 60 Minutes on Sunday night can actually do about it. No. They've, so, they've done enough already by giving government power in both houses. So, so why, why are they advertising? I think it's because the um, the union, uh, the ACTU campaign is hitting so hard. I think that's uh, that's that's why they've had to come out with such an aggressive fight. This is the first time this government has ever been scared of anything the ACTU has ever done. Stumped you again. <laughs> there was there was nothing that we could do about the GST either. And, I mean, that was $400,000 paid for the rights uh, to Unchain My Heart by Joe Cocker solely for the rights for that on top of uh, the, the advertising costs and, See, and, and TV slots. I understand the need for advertising for, uh, f- for the GST because this is something that does affect everybody and there needs to be a certain amount of education about it. But much like the but, Medicare but ads those we ads weren't recently, being educational either. Well, no, that's that's true. See, I understand the, the need for educational ads. Well, I mean, the Medicare ads were just blatant lies in retrospect of what happened after. Well, and coming up to an yes. election. Uh, yeah. 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 And, Purely um, political advertising. Yes, very much so. And interestingly, now um, I heard that the government is now easily the biggest spender in, of advertising yep. in this country yep. by a long, long margin. Well, maybe that's how they're trying to create new jobs. <laughs> in fact, I, I did not. Was it the biggest advertiser or they spend more than all the other advertisers combined? Oh, really? Oh, well, I, 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 I heard that was the biggest, yeah. I, I read something about that. I can't think which way it went. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the whole isn't that, isn't that simpler and fairer kind of crap and, and wanting to, to simplify the, the legislation, the regulations... Uh, associated with industrial relations was was the argument that was used, f- a similar argument was used for the GST, 
the, mm-hmm. the, the tax mm-hmm. system that Australia was under uh, after decades of, of working with it was just confusing and there was too much of it and, yep. and the GST was just going to simplify everything yep. and it would be simple. Mm-hmm. And it would just, you know, you could, you could have the tax system written on a piece of paper. They've got 50,000 pages of tax legislation which deals with GST. Yep. And it's, I mean, that was an out-and-out lie. Yep. Yep, very much so. And people are now calling for tax reform, you know, what, four or five years after the GST was brought in. Um, I think it's interesting, though, too, that they, uh, you know, uh, they needed, what, four or five-page lift-outs in all the major papers to help sell it. Yeah, and, and I've, I've seen, well, and with this campaign, I've seen, you know, three full-page ads in, yep. in, like, The Age and The Herald Sun. And they don't say anything. Other than, isn't this fairer? Yes, it is. Good night. Which is, yeah, I, I think what we need from our government is more information in advertising. And I think what we need from our electorate <laughs> may be revolution. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this, this is a little uh, off the topic, but the way the government's selling it too in their media interviews is just disgraceful. Just saying, oh, yeah, you know, well, it's a workers', it's a workers market out there. All the companies need workers, so if you don't like the award you're getting, just switch jobs. Yep. Because oh, it's that's so just easy. that easy. Mm. Because last time I went to my local Centrelink, it was empty. <laughs> empty. Well, on top of on top of the the actual difficulty, it is in in outside of cloud cuckoo land. I mean, tumbleweeds to, to are going find, through Centrelink to find another job. Um, if if you like the government saying, look, there's no compulsory aspect about workers having to f- having to sign AWAs, uh, workplace agreements, but. If you change jobs, then there's exactly. no way that you're going to walk into another job exactly. where you're not signing an AWA. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they're not, they're, they're just, they just seem to be ignoring that fact. Right, yep, yeah, exactly. You know what, Brad? I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't, I don't, it's been so long since I haven't. <laughs> in fact, I can't remember anything I haven't bought as much as this. <laughs> Box cutters. Coming up later on Box Cutters, we'll have our new segment, Crap TV. We'll be talking about The Apprentice. We'll go through some new shows. Of course, that fantastic Box Cutters quiz where you can win yourself a Box Cutters t-shirt to be designed. And we'll also talk about the Box Cutters design competition. Mm. And coming up right next... I just made that up right next. Filthy Rich Cattle Drive. All of that on Box Cutters. Oh, oh I like it. Filthy Rich Cattle Drive is a show that I saw during the week on E! Exclamation mark. You've got to say it like that. E! E! You can't just say I saw it on E. It stands for energy ecstasy. I think it stands for entertainment. I think that's it. But they didn't want to write the whole thing. They just wanted E! Well, in these modern times, that's a plus. Well, no, it's actually prime. It's because it's an exclamation mark. So it's E prime. Okay. I think that's how it works. But it is a positive. It is a positive thing. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. We're all so busy in this modern time. Who can say entertainment? If not me. E. <laughs> e. So Filthy Rich Cattle Drive is this great show where... Uh, is, it, uh, is it very... E. It's... You know what? It's, it's a little bit E. Oh, okay. It's just kind of... <laughs> eh. 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 Filthy Rich Cattle Drive. All right. I'll read you uh, these names. Alex Quinn. Noah Blake. Medicine Woman. No. George Foreman the third. The third. The third. That's that's the boxer's grandson. 
Well, that's the boxer's son. Okay. Alex Quinn is Anthony Quinn's son. Uh, Brittany Gastineau has two famous parents. Noah Blake is uh, what's his name? Blake. The Robert. Robert Blake's son. Uh, you've also got. Uh, you've basically got the son, the sons and daughters of really really famous rich people who have never had to do a stinking thing in their life. So it's the simple life, but but with more people and on a cattle drive. Mm. And these kids, all they know how to do is party. <laughs> That's handy on a cattle drive. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously there is some conflict. There is some conflict. And these kids will just go into town and party when they're supposed to be watching the cattle at camp. <laughs> And that's, that's really the whole show. I mean, there's, there's not really much more that you need for this show. You know, the, the idea of why we need a cattle drive these days anyway when we have trucks is a bit confusing. But they have to get the cattle from where they started, the ranch where they started, to this cattle show or auction or something. So they've got a deadline. And they've got this guy who is the, uh, the cattle drive leader who's just going, oh, they never work hard enough. And he is the Marlboro Man. <laughs> He sits on his horse and smokes and shouts, and that is all he does. Shouts at the cattle or at the no, no, no. drivers? Well, drivers. Sh- shouts at the, uh, at the rich kids. And y- we could call them cattle. <laughs> Last week, somehow, they ended up with cows that were not part of their group of cows <laughs> and were branded with a different, a different rancher's brand. And they didn't know how they ended up with them, <laughs> but they've got them and they've been driving them. They don't know how far they've gone. And so they're just going to leave them. <laughs> it's, you know what? That's all the show is. Stick them behind a couple of bushes. <laughs> Nobody notices. Nobody will notice. <laughs> it's just, it's really a bizarre show. So, so there is actually a lot of footage around the cows. I, I was imagining maybe a lot more kind of in town and, and party central and maybe just a mainstream kind of kind of translation of go- girls gone wild. Well, no, there's a there's a, a combination. There there is a combination of things. Uh, there there is a bit of cat- cattle drive footage, but there's also a, re- a reward system because it's a reality TV show, and <laughs> rich kids need to be rewarded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's a reward system. Oh, well, you get to go in and watch the rodeo this week. Oh. And stuff like that. <laughs> Second prize, <laughs> you get to go watch the radio twice. <laughs> I mean, Simple Life was kind of the original. You kind of, you could sort of, they sort of had a premise there. Let's teach these rich girls how to kind of act or show if they, that they can't do anything. But surely the premise is stretching a little thin now. What, I mean, what's the point of the show where they're trying to say, hey, these rich kids can't drive cattle? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's it. And there. There are girls in the in the show who are just going, you know what? I'm a rich kid. I don't need to do this every day of my life. I don't see why I need these skills now while I'm doing this TV show either. <laughs> it's it's a really weird twist on on the concept, and I won't say necessarily worth watching every single week, but definitely worth catching at least once if you can, just to go, oh my god, what has television become? Check it out if you're on the Fox Box. Yeah, that's on E! E! Uh, you know, at various times. Who the hell knows? Three times a day. At least. Cut! 
That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Oh, look out, feathers. <laughs> I love this show. Crap TV. Um, I'm thinking now possibly we should have done that before because I think your show definitely fits under the topic of well, Crap yes. TV. Um, no, I uh, on uh, the Sunday night just gone. Uh, the cricket, of course, finished early in what was a terrible series. And um, I turned over and actually got to watch a bit of the Steve Gutenberg, Rukahauer, Brian Brown <laughs> masterpiece, New The Poseidon Adventure. Oh, sorry, sorry, Russ. I think I just shit myself. <laughs> Can you read through that cast again? Steve, Steve Gutenberg, Rutger Hauer, and Brian Brown. Oh my and, god! And many, many more <laughs> names that you'd wish you'd forgotten <laughs> somewhere along the line. It was. Um, Is Shelley Winters still alive? Does she? <laughs> uh, Rutger Hauer played the priest. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and this is, of course, a remake of the Poseidon Adventure. Um, but, but Channel 7 didn't know where to put the new. Like, it's, they wanted people to know that it wasn't the original Poseidon Adventure. And so I think they were calling it New the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Which didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. The Poseidon Ed New Venture. And, yes. <laughs> and, oh, look, this was just fabulously tragic TV for just so many reasons. Um, they were obviously on a very limited budget uh, and couldn't afford to sink a real ship. So they had a, uh, a, what was a 3D boat, and this is just the worst CGI. A 3D animation boat. 3D animation, and this is the worst computer-generated graphics I've ever seen in my (laughs) life. It was just shocking. I mean, I could do better without a computer. Um, But that's that's not what I want. Your unborn child could do better without a computer. (laughs) But that's that's not what I want to talk about. Oh, and the the characters were just completely uh, the most cliched, one-dimensional characters that you've ever seen. I mean, just complete cardboard cutouts. There was a terrorist who just went around sprouting pearls of wisdom like, all of you infidels will be dead by morning. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty much it. Hang on. Um, Why is there a terrorist on board? (laughs) Oh, he's the terrorist sunk the boat. Right. The terrorist sunk the boat, which I'm sure it wasn't in the original Poseidon Adventure, but this one was... No, no, that, that boat just sunk because of Shelley Winters. Oh, right. <laughs> well, this, this boat's keeping up with modern times. They've got terrorists on them. Right. But I didn't want to talk about that either. And uh, I didn't <laughs> want to talk about the fact that it should have been called Industrial Relation Reform Presents the new <laughs> the Poseidon Adventure. Because uh, they chappelled so many friggin' ad breaks in there, and every one of them had the IR reform. They oh, chappelled? Chappelled. That's twice on box cutters. Chappelled. That's twice. I, I have to admit, I picked that up from Josh. <laughs> it, it will catch on. It, go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, but I didn't want to talk about that either. What I did want to talk about <laughs> was, the, uh, was the editing. Um, at one point, about an hour in, uh, when I turned over, they were following a terrorist and suddenly they realised he was doing something with a bomb. Then there was a really jarring cut and all of a sudden the two goodies were standing over the baddie's body and there was blood everywhere uh, and there was no explanation as to what happened. Was it a cut for TV? I presume it was. I presume it was because it went to air at 7.30 yep, yep. and this would have been about 8.30. So I presume it was cut for television purposes, but it was the worst cut I've ever seen. This was premiere screening? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> because they were saying, uh, the finest action-adventure movie 
you won't see it at the cinema. <laughs> you won't see it at the video store. And I'm thinking, not with those special effects. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this, yeah. And so, you pr- yeah, presumably this guy was shot, but they didn't show it. And yeah, because like we said, I, I assume it was because of the time slot. Uh, but interestingly enough, this is the second time I've noticed a really, really super dodgy edit on Channel 7 in just over a week. Uh, two weeks ago tonight, I was watching Alias. And there was a chunk missing, a good maybe five or ten minutes, just cut out of the story. They went to an ad break at what seemed like a really odd time to go to an ad break. Mm-hmm. Came back from an ad break and it was, yeah, ten minutes. Ten did, minutes or so had lost. Did you get onto the internet to, to check if there was actually anything missing? I mean, oh, ha- well, there had to be something missing. I mean, it was, it was clear. She was, if you're familiar with Alias, she was about to go on her mission. And then um, they went to the ad break. They came back from the ad break and they were talking about... And the baddie about, goes, and I would have got away with it too, <laughs> if it wasn't for you damn kids. <laughs> it was similar to that. They come back from the mission and, you know, they're talking about how the mission screwed up, but how her sister saved her and blah, 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 blah. So, and considering they're the set pieces of Alias, yeah, it was definitely, this was, uh, this was definitely missing. And interestingly, no comment from Channel 7, no apology, just a big slab missing. And it occurs to me that... Were, um, were they running late? Did they have to make it fit to time or anything like that? No, I, I, oh, possibly, but they ended running early. Isn't, right. isn't, Channel, isn't Alias in, in Channel 7's kind of... Top rating programs? No, no. In fact, if you just, uh, if you just, <clears throat> I assume knew, better than Last Man Standing. Uh, no, I think worse. It's not Australian made, so that's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you if you looked if you only knew the show from the Green Guard, you would uh, in fact think it was called Struggling Alias because that's how it's always referred to by Ross Warnicky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, so the networks, I think the networks kind of do this kind of crap all the time. And get away with it. Yeah. Uh, and well, Channel 10 did it with Simpsons for years. Channel 10 did it with Simpsons. Uh, they were apparently doing it last year with Letterman, chopping out the top 10 every other night to make that On fit Channel in. 9. Really? Channel 9, yep. Um, they, you can't chop out the top 10. Well, you and, know, you and, know, and again, what the hell are they doing chopping it out at that time of night? Exactly. exactly. Danos Direct? Well, uh, are Danos Direct paying that much? Exactly. Is Tony Robbins paying that much? The- is Victoria Principal paying that much? <laughs> is Bam? What was it? <laughs> is your Bam? Is your Bam? I saw that just today for the first time. I was very impressed. Um, um, with with Letterman, there are bits that we don't get to see in Australia because in in the states their ad breaks are so long that they'll have a short sketch halfway in through between. the ad breaks. Oh, interesting. Which uh, which I found quite interesting to see. But some of the bits that, that we get them coming back to here are, are shorter than the space of a short. Yes, well, so some of those bits where, where Letterman comes back and says, coming up later on in the show, we've got the Drop Dead Girl Band. Yeah. And uh, anyone goes, yay, and then uh, goes straight back to ads. Yeah. They have those bits as well as sometimes a little sketch. A little sketch. Oh, that's Why would Channel 9 drop those? Uh, maybe they're not sent them. Mm. That's that's a possibility. Yeah, they probably sense. send them. They probably send them out to all the other countries, assuming that the countries will show them at a reasonable hour and not in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's weird. Brett, you've uh, you've also got some crap TV. 
Oh, sorry, Ross. You oh, well, I just, no, I hadn't finished. Um, I just was going to say with that, the, there's very limited opportunities to complain about these things. Um, Lord knows there's only so many Green Guide letters, especially for those of us who don't qualify for Australia's pension in- insurance. <laughs> uh, so I was thinking viewers should send us in their complaints. Um, so if you have a complaint about TV, send us an email at uh, craptv at boxcutters.net. Nice one. Crap TV at boxcutters.net. Brett, you have some crap TV. Talking about crap TV, I'd forgotten about this. I'd, I had obviously blocked it out of my mind, but then once we started talking, in fact, it was you, it was you, Josh, talking about uh, crap in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Because it was just that good. Um, I had a look at uh, Brainiac. Uh, which, Shit, I'm sorry. Which uh, <clears throat> Josh has uh, vaguely covered in, in, in previous episodes of Box Cutters. And can I just say how incredibly crap it is. Isn't it's, it terrible? Uh, yes. Yeah. It, it must <laughs> It must be a production funny. for Channel 5. I, I couldn't, over in the UK, I couldn't imagine it um, actually getting onto any, uh, either of the BBC channels or ITV or Carlton um, or Channel 4. Um, it's, it's presented with this kind of geezer attitude and... They, it's it's like Mythbusters, one tenth Mythbusters, but then just chucking in chicks in, in bikinis, blowing up shit, yeah, yeah, with other it, chicks scoring the explosion. Knees up, Mother Brown. Let's go blow something up. <laughs> yes. And this week um, they were talking about the brown noise, uh, the theoretical theoretical frequency noise that uh, if you if you play it then. It will cause you to shit your pants. Was that wasn't that just invented by South Park? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. That was the first time I heard about it. Yeah, uh, perhaps it is. Perhaps that myth myth has completely been generated by South Park, and people have picked it up and run with it. But they were out in a field, had a portaloo, had they they have these experiment subjects that they call all brainiacs. And mm-hmm. it's so painful. It's such a freaking painful show. Don't watch it. Just I, don't, I wonder don't if, even switch it on. And the worst thing is that I, 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 wonder I kind of racing. accidentally pick it up because it's after The Simpsons. Ah, uh, uh, yes, of course. Um, apparently, allegedly, and I don't, I don't think you can take anything that they actually present with, with a ton of salt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They claim that it works. Yeah, I I think I've said before, there's no science in that show whatsoever, and so no, we can't take anything that they claim. In fact, seriously. it's anti-science. It's 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 doing <laughs> immense damage to the, to to the scientific world, and it should be banned. It's but uh, it probably costs Channel Ten about fifty cents to buy it, so I think we're going to get it for a while longer. Oh, but why? But why? But why? And that. It's Crap TV for another week. For another week, the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You want to talk about The Apprentice, I did, just quickly. We touched on it last week. Did you actually happen to watch (sighs) this week's episode? You know what? I still have it on tape and I haven't watched it and I know you're going to kill it for me, but go ahead. Oh, I'm not going to. Well, I'll I'll, I'll do my best not to kill it. Well, thank you. Um, 
I, I was just going to say um, just how much I like it. I think I think it's a great show. Uh, these people are obviously very talented in their own fields, mm-hmm. um, but when they come to doing these tasks, it's just this mix of confidence and nastiness and ego and inevitably what they come up with is just terrible the they had to do a presentation for a car manufacturer an ad campaign and presentation for a car manufacturer this time and uh one of the presentations physically made me cringe and want to turn the tv off it was just that uncomfortable to watch like kind of the office style (laughs) uncomfortable to watch and they're the one that's they're the ones that won Right. So um, anyway, but uh, they love a good uh, they love a good metaphor on uh, on the Apprentice. Yes, they do. They do. I think it's something to do with you know wanting to look smart. Um, Just kind of connected to the Apprentice. Did, did either of you see any of my big fat obnoxious boss? I, I saw like maybe five minutes, but it was quite funny what I saw. It was. No, it, I, I saw my big fat obnoxious fiance. This uh, my big fat obnoxious boss was. The Apprentice, basically, but it was an actor playing the Donald Trump role mm-hmm. for a for a made up company, and and they like the 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 boss was just kind of doing everything that he possibly could to be somebody that there was there was no way that anybody would aspire to to emulate. Oh, that's him. so much fun! Yeah. It was, and he's sprouting these wisdoms, and they're all kind, of, kind of nodding of, along like they do with Donald Trump, like they're being imparted this great wisdom. And they, you have the teams, and and they they undertake the tasks, and they're just completely bizarre tasks. End up in the boardroom, uh, send come down to 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 and send them out, and the boss goes into this mystery room, which has the big boss. <laughs> and I missed the last couple of episodes, but it turned out that the big boss was actually just a monkey. monkey. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just picking who went at random. <laughs> <laughs> I love any show with a monkey. <laughs> And I believe to the um, George equivalent, you know how you've got George and Caroline, Caroline. Yep. on The Apprentice. The George equivalent um, was pretending to be gay yep. and, and coming continually on cracking one onto one particular oh. member. <laughs> That's when, when's that on? It was on sun, uh, Monday nights, uh, quite late. Quite I late, think yeah. it was after uh, what was it? LA, LAX. Oh, yeah, yeah, LAX before LA, maybe LA. before maybe interns. Whatever the latest series was, I think. Yeah. Anyway, quite late yeah. on Channel yeah. Seven, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. The uh, the people on The Apprentice do love to try and look smart, and they do love a good metaphor. Um, and they kind of get a bit overblown sometimes, and they kind of get a bit lost in the in the metaphors. Uh, your namesake's Josh, yes, uh, on the show last night or whenever it was on recently, was uh, talking about a fellow contestant, Marcus. And said, I think a synapse is disconnected in his brain because when we're all rowing in the same direction, he's actually out of the boat looking for another boat to get into. <laughs> and uh, Chris followed that up with, if you've got a bunch of people on your boat and they're all rowing in one direction and one guy on the other side isn't really uh, rowing, your boat just isn't going to go anywhere. It's going to spin in place. You're not going to make any progress. But not only was Marcus not rowing, he didn't even have his hands on the paddle. He was facing the other direction, drinking a martini, talking to the captain. <laughs> and so not to, be, not to be outdone, Marcus thought he'd, uh, he thought he'd get in on the act and he retorted with, The proof is in the eating. Mr. Bragg obviously didn't like what he tasted. I'm not the cook. Let the cook answer for himself. 
he's going to have to face me. And I'm looking forward to the dance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I remember the last time I danced with the cook. (laughs) For those who haven't seen the show, there's no boats, cooking or dancers involved. (laughs) It's not not rowing dancing with the apprentice. Oh, thanks for that, Ross. No problem. Oh, what a, what a world of smiles. <laughs> we'll uh, go into some new shows. G'day, you're listening to Ed Phillips here from Temptation across the Nine Network, and I am special guest of the Box Cutters. Love the guys' show. Love all three of you. God, you're funny. <laughs> Never miss a show, and like, sometimes if I do, they make tapes of it on the internet and then send it to me. Box Cutters. Remind me to send a, uh, a copy of this week's episode to Ed Phillips. I'll send him a copy of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brett, you won't find it because I downloaded the internet last night. <laughs> Damn. Uh, new shows. Uh, we were a bit remiss last week. We kind of touched on The Surgeon a little while ago, but we didn't talk about it too much. And that's oh. actually screening. That's actually got its first night tonight. On, on th- that's Thursday night. Thursday night that we're recording this. By the um, time you're listening to it. In fact, it's probably played out already it's, now it's at the time that we are recording this yes no i i think it was just going to air now it's done. What, what, what did you think of oh it, no guys? maybe it was gone <laughs> what, what did you think of the uh, first episode of the <laughs> uh interesting too coming up after that is another new show uh 30 days which has actually got this is morgan mm, spurlock's new morgan show morgan spurlock mm, who's actually doing the uh that's his follow-up to McFat me yeah McFat me supersize me and this is, uh, you know what, Morgan Spurlock has lost a bit of credibility with me because really? he did supersize me yeah. and that was great uh-huh. and then started this 30 days when he, when he was going through the US and talking about 30 days, he was vlogging his wife's diet book too much. Okay. Just way, way, way too much. So much so that I just went, well, hang on a second, you're not about the truth anymore, are you? Now you're really just all about the money. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny how quickly someone becomes Michael Moore. <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't he? Surely he was always about the money. Well, yeah, but you know what? Super Size Me was a really good film. I, I haven't actually seen it. But and I haven't actually eaten McDonald's since I saw it. <laughs> oh, right. Really? Yeah. And, oh, okay. uh, and, and we saw it together, didn't we, Brent? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I felt really sick after it as well. It was, it was a really good film. 30 Days just doesn't, doesn't do all that much for me, though. Is, 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 wasn't it just a bit of a gimmick, though? Do you, think, do you think he really wanted to do that? Or do you think he thought this is a good way to... Do you think he thought this is a good way to expose McDonald's? Or do you think he thought this is a good way to get myself known as a filmmaker? Uh, you know what? It's, it's a little bit of both. In the, it's a good way to get people to see the film. It's a good way to get known as a filmmaker. And it's a good way to get across a lot of home truths about what McDonald's does and, and how fast food... Uh, is affecting the United States. And that's, yep. that's what the film was about, with this gimmick to get people into cinemas, which was you know a great idea, and, and lots of films need that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 30 Days doesn't work like that, though, because you don't care anymore. You've already seen him do the worst he can possibly do to his body. And he only... I think he is only on the first episode of 30 Days, and then the other episodes are him getting other people to do things oh, for 30 Days. okay. okay. I think that's the way it works. Radio. Uh, but yeah, not I very think, impressed. I don't think many are going to buy that. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Another show of interest uh, is on Sunday night where Channel 7 are cashing in on the 49th year of television and they're having a thing called 
uh, five decades of laughs and good blokes or something similar really? to Why that. Why don't they call it seven times seven? Oh, now that would have been a good idea. Yeah, see? Is that, is that this Sunday? This Sunday, I believe it's 7.30 on Channel 7 and it runs for two hours. Ah, sorry. I... I I think you said seven, but I heard nine because right. nine's the one that's been milking it. And, well, but nine and ten have both done their shows so far. So this is Channel 7's version to have a go. But what I like about this programming is it goes for two hours, but then listed as a separate show from 9.30 to 9.50 is uh, five decades. The same show. The Naughty Bits. Oh, <laughs> which is really just going to feature a lot of number 96. And a few strippers at the football, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and they're both described as comedy series. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. All right, not comedy one-off, please let it stop. No. And the Naughty Bits is a series as well, apparently. Fantastic. If we need a series, we need a series of Naughty Bits. It's been a long time. Um, up is, against that... Is Tony Squires uh, hosting both of those shows? I believe so, yes. Well, good yep. luck to the world. <laughs> Directly up against that on at 9.30 on Channel 9, we have The Closer, which... Which is, yeah, uh, they're, they're really, really excited about it. Do we really need another in American crime show? I mean, it looks, to me, it looks, I, I don't watch any of these shows, but it looks the same as your CSI, your Law and Order. Your... They're all generic to me. I don't bother with any of them. Yeah, yeah. And this, this looks no different. But you know what? People watch them. Oh. And so they rate. Yeah, yeah. And it's easier to give people what they're already watching with a different title. Yes. Than it is to say, give them Deadwood. Yeah, which is yeah, you know, always true. going to be difficult. Is, is I mean, are we ever going to see Deadwood on free to air TV? Oh God, no! They say the word cocksucker way too much. <laughs> way, way, way too much. You got a few cats in Sex and the City. Yeah, but that was you know over various episodes, and this is you know. But cocksucker is pretty innocuous. Yeah, but Deadwood is so full on. I mean, at the same time, though, we are seeing The Shield on Channel 10, and that's one mm. of the most full-on shows I've ever seen. And every now and then, if you're lucky, you get a curb your enthusiasm on at about three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but uh, that's it maybe. Swear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not the bits that I've heaps, heaps. I've been watching. Or is it just of... the people that are pissed off at him? No, he, he swears. No, he's, he swears quite a bit. And I, the uh, and I'm, I'm not the... a big fan of Kirby. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, neither am I. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm a lone voice. I love it. Uh, also, the uh, the episode where he got a pubic hair stuck in the back of his throat and spent the whole episode trying to get it out. I'm sure that that wouldn't be uh, at any respectable time on any respectable network. Just too neurotic for my tastes. Oh, really? Yep. And, I did, I, see, at, I did, at least George Costanza was funny in, in... Yeah. Like, the character was funny in, in depicting that. But when it kind of comes down to... Is it actually documentary or is it scripted? It's scripted. Well, it's, no, it's... Well, improvised. It's slash loosely, improvised. Loosely. And it's... I just think it's acted so poorly. Oh, really? I think all the actors are terrible, even the ones who are, like, rich and famous good actors. Yeah. They're just yeah, terrible okay. at what they're doing on that show. Oh, because, I, yeah, I will, the first time I saw it, I just thought that's the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm never watching it again, but did, for whatever reason, and have really got into it. I really like it. Well, there you go. And that's new shows and some old on Box Cutters. If you want to find out more information about that, you can check our show notes, boxcutters.net. Now, it's time for the quiz. Was, there was a crazy true, wasn't there? Yes. Okay, question three. Which yeah, canal? All these going to be about war. No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean <laughs> with the Red Sea? 
congratulations to Kerry. Well done, Kerry. Who uh, who won last week's quiz? The correct answers were seven thirty, sixty minutes, or sixty minutes minus the ads. Sunday. You work out the questions. <laughs> <laughs> So congratulations, Kerry. We'll send you an email and uh, and you can send us your address and we can stalk you. Or, or, or maybe your... you can go around to Josh's place and pick it up. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Come around to my house and yeah. uh, and pick it up. You guys have to talk. The uh, the <laughs> thanks. thanks. You can you know listeners can find out all about that on boxcutters.net. Uh, you can uh, w- we will send you a t shirt when our logo is ready. Remember that the logo competition ends. On October the 18th. That's just five short days away. That is. You're not uh, thinking of extending it at all? You know what? Let's uh, let's wait and see. But get your entries in. Let's say no. No extensions. Okay. No extensions. No extensions unless you send an email requesting an extension to hooray at boxcutters.net. That's H-O-O-R-A-Y. There's only one way to spell hooray. Hooray at boxcutters.net. Uh but yes, send your designs in. Sometimes people pronounce hurrah, hooray. Really? Yeah. They're clearly spelt differently. Mm. Ross, you've got a question for this week's quiz? I do. Once again, a Simpsons question. Uh, what are the first names of the Simpsons' God-fearing reverend and his gossipy wife, uh, the Reverend and Mrs. Lovejoy? What are their first names? Ooh, tricky one. Uh, uh, Homer and Marge. You're not allowed to guess. Oh. I'm, I'm not allowed to guess? Oh, you're allowed to... Maybe you can guess a bit Kermit later. and Miss Piggy. <laughs> uh, my question is, last week I was talking about Kill Reality, a show that is also screening on E! E! And, uh, a mouse. And we, uh, e! and we spoke earlier today about The Apprentice. Mm-hmm. There is one member of the Kill Reality cast who has appeared on The Apprentice. Can you tell me which member that is? So who... Is on Kill Reality and has also been on The Apprentice. Ooh, tough one. Brett, do you have a question? Question number three. Question number three. If you were tuned in a little earlier on, uh, as long as you haven't just joined us here at the end of the program. <laughs> I sometimes download and just go straight to the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, you would have heard us uh, speaking with Ed Phillips. Just tell us one of the radio stations that uh, Ed found himself on early in his career. Oh, that's a nice one. That's good, because we've got two questions that really uh, could be for the international audience and one that really localises it down to Melbourne. Yeah. And you know you can find it all on the internet. <laughs> but send your entries to gimme at boxcutters.net. And uh, if you that's win... That's G-I-M-M-E. <laughs> gimme. At boxcutters.net. And if you win, you will get yourself a Boxcutters t-shirt with our brand new logo that hopefully we'll have by this time next week very exciting and that brings us to the end of the show it does indeed sadly oh i'll miss it so join us again next week same bat time same bat channel see you later and hey let's be careful out there oh oh i like it box cutters